Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. chapter 24, Matthew 24, and again, let me say to all of our guests, welcome home, we love you already, we're so glad you're here, aren't we we so glad our guests are in the house, so thankful for you being with us tonight. Matthew 24, beginning in verse 1, you have it, just say, "I, I got it, I got it, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple. The disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. As he sat with the mount, set upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end? of the world. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. I'm going to read some more uh, to Uh, I'm going to read some more uh, here in just a moment. But uh, tonight I want to talk to you on this subject, um, be not troubled. Be not troubled. Can we pray together? Lord, we love you so much and we're so thankful for your presence in this house and for this time together. I ask you now that you would open your word to us, give us understanding, give us illumination and revelation, that you would help us tonight see your word and to understand it. God, I pray for understanding tonight, and I pray that you would lead us and guide us into all truths, and that you would help us tonight and grow us and mature us through your word, that we would not only be hearers of it, but doers of it also, and we'll be so careful to give you praise and glory. And the church shout in Jesus' name, amen, and you may be seated in his presence. Thank you for standing and worshiping the Lord with us tonight. Amen. Tonight, I just want to take my time a little bit and um, share with you some things that I've been uh, feeling over the last little bit. I know that um, in the season of life that we find ourselves in, uh, the season that we find our our world in, the turmoil and the, um, on every corner, overseas and at home, home and abroad, we see so many things happening. Um... And there, there is a, um, there is a push for understanding of the concept of, hey, are we living in the end times? And um, I want to talk to you tonight about end time prophecy and end time revelation. However, um, I have prefaced this message, this lesson, this Bible study. I've prefaced it on the concept of 
be ye not troubled. Do not be afraid. Um, and the reason I say that is because all throughout the concept and themes of the end time prophecy given to us by Jesus and by the prophets uh, in the Old Testament and New Testament, there is a common theme, a common thread that runs through all of that. And, and that is that we, as the church, should maintain some kind of civility. We are, we are not in distress. We are not running scared. Nobody's building a bunker. Hopefully. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But he's given us power, given us a sound mind, an understanding heart. To understand that these things must happen. If we believe any scripture in the Bible to be true, then we must believe that the entire Bible is true and that all of these things are a part of the process of what has to happen for the ends of the world to come. I want to point out to you tonight that in Matthew 24, which will be the bulk of what I'll talk about tonight, in Matthew 24, the disciples want to know a few things. Their interest is not necessarily Jesus tell us, in the end time. Their, their concept here is uh, a couple of different things that they want us. And they say, what is the sign of thy coming? That's the first thing they want to know. What is the sign of thy coming? When are you coming back? What, what, what do we look for when we're looking for you coming back? What is the sign of thy coming? And they want to know, Tell us when these things shall be. That's the first question they ask is, tell us when these things shall be. The things that they're talking about is when Jesus tells them that this temple will be torn down. Not one stone shall remain on this temple. That there will be no form of this temple left at some point in time. This temple will fall. This, this temple will collapse. And this temple will be destroyed. And they say, well, tell us uh, when... These things shall be. Tell us when we know you're coming. What are the signs of the signs that you're coming back? When is the sign of the coming? And we want to know what is the end of the world? What are the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? These are the things that the disciples are asking. So Jesus is about to give a long list of things, and I believe that some of these answers are answers for them to understand when this is going to happen. It's answers for them to understand when I'm coming back. And it's also answers for them to understand what does the end of the world look like. And so Jesus will tell them, uh, the first thing that Jesus says, I believe, uh, is very telling. Uh, I want to kind of break this down for us tonight because I want us to understand what Jesus, now, of course, I could have started in Revelation. I could have went to Revelation 9, Revelation 11. We could have talked about the two witnesses. We could have talked about the seven seals. We could talk about the five plagues, the five angels. All those things are in there. And, and if you want that kind of lecture, at some point I probably will give an end-time prophecy class. However, I believe that the best voice to listen to on this subject is the voice of Jesus. Not that there's any other voice that, that is less than or whatever, what I'm saying is that I believe that Jesus is God manifest in the flesh and he's given us a practical outlook 
of what happens next. He's understanding that he is talking to 12 men who have just a real human question. So they need a real human answer. Uh, when the prophets are writing, the prophets are writing in obscurity. When, 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 when Ezekiel is writing about the end times and Daniel is writing about the end times, and then when John the Revelator, who wrote the book of Revelation on the Isle of Patmos, is writing about the end times, they are writing in prophetic tones that me and you will have to look at, get deep into, decipher. You know, like it, it's a, it, the prophetic tone that it's written, written in will, will, will take us uh, years, decades, and all kinds of time to really break down to understand. People have been teaching on end time prophecy since God gave end time prophecy. And people have written books and they've got shows. And uh, if you really want to get confused, just type in end time prophecy on YouTube. That will really mess you up. Because uh, there's just so much to be brought in. One guy's over here talking about, you know, you go all the way back to Ezekiel 38. Ezekiel 38 with Agog and Magog. Uh, so we have, and they're like, you know, the, the, the armies of the north, which are now they're saying that this is Russia and Ukraine. That what, what's happening right now is Russia and Ukraine. This is Agog and Magog, and they're coming together because Ukraine used to be a part of Russia. Now they come back together, and when, when, whenever Putin finally takes over Ukraine and they become this one form again in Ezekiel 38, the Bible talks about how the two armies of the north will come down and march on Israel, and this is a sign of the end time. Okay, that's entirely up to interpretation. Entirely. One guy says it's true. One guy says, well, I don't really know if that's what he's talking about. It could be this. And really the Bible doesn't say Russia. Because when the Bible's written, Russia don't exist. Soviet Union has not yet been formed. So it really, um, when we get into some of those things, and I'll bring some of those things out. And if you want to study them out for yourself, please do. I, the, the book of Revelation starts like this. Blessed is the man that reads this book. Read the book. You're going to be blessed. You're not going to understand 75% of it, but read the book because blessed is the man that reads this book. So I'm not trying to deter you. What I'm saying is I believe the best uh, voice to listen to in this concept is Jesus. Jesus is speaking to 12 men who are asking a human question, and he's answering them in the most human way possible. Does that make sense to you? He, he, they're just asking a practical question. What does the end times look like? And Jesus is giving them a practical answer. Here's what it looks like. The first thing he says to them is very telling. The first thing he says to them is, take heed that no man deceive you. Isn't that really interesting to you? That they say, Jesus, show us exactly how it's going to happen. And instead of, him, instead of him answering right off the bat, first thing he says is, be careful because people want to deceive you on this. He didn't say, be careful that the enemy doesn't deceive you. He said, don't be careful that, you know, angels will try to come and deceive you. He said, be careful, take heed that no man deceive you. I promise you a lot of people have been deceived when they start asking about end time prophecy. In my lifetime, in my lifetime, I've heard at least four people say, it's, God's coming right now. It's happening this year in my lifetime. I remember when um, 
I was just a young teenager, and uh, Iraq invaded Kuwait. And I was raised on Fort Bragg, lived in Spring Lake, North Carolina my whole life. Literally, 75% of our church was in the army. So before, like, people on the news even knew what was happening in that country, like, my father and our church, we knew. Because there were men in our church who were in Delta, who were in special forces, and they were already telling my father, like, hey, we're probably going to be deployed. There's some stuff going down in the Middle East. There's some stuff happening. People don't really know it yet, but it's, it's about to pop off. And, like, literally 50, 60 men from our church just disappeared overnight. And I remember when that happened, when Iraq invaded Kuwait, I mean, we was basically just all waiting around, like, it's coming. Any time now. Any time, it's going to happen. We were really intense. I remember being a, a young teenager and just the intensity around, you know, it affected us so deeply as a church because we were literally, half our church disappeared overnight because they all went to fight in Desert Storm. And so it affected us so greatly. We were so focused on it. Like, I remember my dad preached for months, look up, that redemption draws nigh. For months. And really, that was our reality at the time. Human beings being human beings. Flesh being flesh. It's just what you do. So, I know that it's easy when we start looking into these things to get really twisted around. When you start opening up that book of Revelation and you start reading every little detail and stuff and then you say, well, what does this mean? And you look to this guy to see what it means and then you look to that guy. You know, I know some people that have changed their ideas of prophecy at least three or four times. They say, well, this right here means this, and this means that, and this means that. And I've, I've, I've heard really smart people say, America is not in the Bible. America is not mentioned in Revelation. And then they come back and say, you know what, maybe it is. Maybe America is this thing. And then they're like, well, no, maybe not. So it's easy to get deceived. Jesus knew that if, if you're going to ask these questions and if you're going to be so focused on this, in, like when is the end of the world, that you need to take heed that no man deceive you. And by taking heed, he's telling them, listen to what I'm about to say so that no man deceive you. What I'm about to tell you is the truth. No matter what you've heard, left or right, up or down, what I'm about to tell you is the truth. So take heed Listen to my words so that you won't be deceived from this point on. Many, this is verse 5 of, of chapter 24. He says, many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. Now, we, we've seen this happen in America on several occasions where people come and say, I'm Jesus or the second coming of, of, of God. And, and we've, we've seen people be deceived here in America. We actually have. But do you know that? In other countries in our world, millions of people have been deceived. It's not so common in America because America is a Christian nation founded on a Christian concept. So when you have a bunch of people who have been privy to the Bible for a long time, we tend to be a little more smarter than people who are maybe don't have as much Bible as we've had in our country. And so there are other countries, other nations that literally millions of people have been deceived. 
Right, right now in the country of Thailand, there is a man who literally used to be apostolic, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. One of my good friends, Brother Mallory, actually won this kid from the street. He was a street kid. He brought him into his church, fed him, took care of him, won him to the Lord, changed his life. He was literally living on the street. Right now, he has over a million member church in Thailand, and he is God to them. It, and, and you can go right now on YouTube and watch his stuff. It, it is wild to see. He, his church, they have like eight services on Sunday, and there's like 20,000 people in each service. He has a massive choir of about five or 6,000 people, and they're all young girls. It's, it's a wild scene. And when, and when you watch it, you're like, this is, something is off here. Like you feel it in your spirit. You got the Holy Ghost, you know something ain't right. But this is, so in, in, in America, we've, we've been kind of sheltered a little bit from obstacles like this. But across this world, millions of people have been deceived. There's, there was a man in Brazil that had millions of followers. He said he was Christ. There was a, a, a different other um, uh, countries that have had people rise up and say, I'm the Christ, and just have a complete following. Miracle signs and wonders followed those people. So Christ says, Many will come in my name. They'll say, they're going to deceive many. So that's a sign of the end time. The rapid influx of people claiming to be God, claiming to be the second coming. So we, 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 that's a sign of the end time. That sign will come. You will hear of wars. This is verse 6. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. This is where he says, see Check yourself that you not be troubled. Don't, don't, don't get totally out of whack about this because this is just going to happen. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Look at your neighbor and tell them, the end is not yet. Mm. That's a good word for somebody because you need to know that this ain't time to give up. This ain't time to go ahead and start slacking off because you think Jesus is coming. Like, it's time to get in and get deep. It's time, to, it's time to grow in the Lord. It's time to dig in the roots. It's time to go harder than we've ever been before. To, to reach more than we've ever reached before because the end is not yet. Don't be troubled because the end is not yet. We are living in a time where there are wars going on. I know we, we're focused right now on Russia and Ukraine. But, guys, there's wars all over this country happening. Other countries are, have been experiencing wars for years, continual wars for years, civil wars, civil unrest, countries fighting countries. Afghanistan is in a war right now. Iraq is in a war right now. They're still fighting. We left. They didn't. they still fight right now. These are, these are wars and then rumors that wars may be happening. I mean... If I had a dollar for every rumor of a war that I've heard about in the last 20 years, I could buy everybody in here at least a McDonald's hamburger. We, we, have, we, we are living in a time when all, we are inundated with wars. Wars are happening. Wars are going on. This might happen. They might invade. This is coming. China's looking a certain kind of way. China looking funny. North Korea looking funny, right? Syria been looking funny, Iraq looking funny, everybody looking funny, Iran looking funny, 
It's like a rumor that, hey, this might happen. It's about to pop off. We've continually heard that for how many years? Just about as long as I've been alive, there's been wars and rumors of wars. But we should not be troubled about this because this must come to pass. Watch what he says in verse 7. Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. We're there. We are there. And there shall be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. So we know uh, that just in the probably the last 10 years, there's, there's been famines in different countries. Massive famines in different countries have experienced crazy famines. In this country, in the last two years, we have lived under a pestilence, which is a disease. COVID, a sickness, a virus. We've, we, we've, we lived that out. Still, still dealing with it. So this isn't stuff that might happen. This stuff that's already happening right now. And earthquakes, we, we've seen that all over the world. Earthquakes are happening all the time. The, 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 the consistency and the earthquake activity has increased in our world over the last 25 years. Uh, it, it's some kind of astronomical number like 68 to 70-something percent. It has increased over the last 25 years in all kinds of different places. And watch what he says in verse 8. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, if you read verse 8 and you didn't pay attention to verse 6, you're going, to be, you're going to be troubled. All these are the beginning of sorrows. This is where it starts. This is how, listen, I know that people are saying this is the end time. But ladies and gentlemen, according to Jesus, this is the starting time. He says this is when it begins. He doesn't say this is when it ends. He's, he's already told us twice. Number one, the end is not yet. And this is the beginning. This is not, it's not over. This is where it starts. It starts here. Watch verse 9. Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated all, of all nations for my name's sake. Now, we have to remember here that Jesus is answering three questions. When does the temple come down? When are you coming back? When is the end of the world? Are you with me? He's answering three questions here. The question is not, Jesus, when is the end of the world? That's not the only question that's here. There's three questions. Three questions are, when is the temple coming down? When are you coming back? And when is the end of the world? There's three different questions. So I believe that in this scripture right here, Jesus is speaking to them directly about what's about to happen in their life. Because everybody listening to him, every man who's listening to Jesus in real time, in real person, in this scripture, will experience exactly what this scripture says. Each one of them will be afflicted, and each one of them shall be killed outside of Peter, who will die of old age on an island. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. So he's giving them, maybe not what's an end time prophecy, but he's giving them for them. This is how you know when all of this happens, when the temple comes down. Because he's answering three questions. And I believe that there's parts of this 
moment here in Matthew 24 that matter to each question that they're asking. Because he's telling them, uh, don't be troubled. These things have to happen. And he's also telling them, you're going to be afflicted, you're going to be killed, and you're going to be hated. Now, I do believe that there will come a time near the end when everybody who proclaims the name of Jesus will be hated. Everyone who proclaims the name of Jesus will, will be hated by the world. We actually see this happening now within the generations of generations to come. We are already seeing this spirit in the earth where anybody who says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, we're already discouraged. No, 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 no. There's, there's, there's more than one way. There's many ways. And for anybody to say that there's only one way, now you're on the outside looking in. You're, you're a bigot now. If you say, well, no, we don't do that because the Bible says that's a sin. Oh, that's a sin? Oh, you're, you're closed-minded. You know, you're, you're, you're hateful. I'm just, I'm not hateful, I'm biblical. And there's a difference. I, I don't hate the, 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 the sinner, but I, the Bible tells me to hate the sin. So I do hate that. And we, we're already seeing a shift in our own culture, just here in America. Not, we're not even talking about other countries where we can't even, communist countries right now in this world, right now in this world there are countries that you can't have church. You, you can't worship. You can't have a Bible. You can't, you can't get together with your friends and do Bible study. Like you will be arrested, taken to jail, put in prison right now in this world. So we have to understand, we are so insulated in America, sometimes we feel like these things aren't happening because they're not happening in our neighborhood. But, but, but we got to realize that, that when Jesus is saying these things, he's not saying them to Americans. He's saying them to everybody. People in other countries are already living this out. They, they've already, they are living this out. You ought to thank God every day that you were born an American. Or at least you got here as quick as you could. Like, you can hate America all you want to. Go ahead. I'm going to let you have that. That's your business. But you don't know what you're talking about. Well, other countries are better. Go ahead. God bless. God bless. Don't stress. Go check them out. Let me tell you where right now. They're not going to let you come. If the country is really, really awesome and you think they're super, super great, go try to be a part of that country. Go. Go, go. go see if they'll accept you. No. You can become an American easier than you can become a citizen of any other country in this world. There's no other country that it will allow you to be a citizen as easy as we will. That's just facts. You're not going to go somewhere and be like, ah, I want to be a Canadian. <laughs> Good luck, brother. Gonna take you a minute, a long, 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 long time. And there's other countries that there's not there's, unless you're born there, there's no there's no other option. It's not gonna happen. What makes us so great is I mean we can look at history and see all the bad things that we've done. Absolutely, we can do that. If you wanna if you wanna do that, absolutely. We, you know, America has some some deep deep scars and some some dark past. Um, absolutely, I'm with you on that. I'll, I'll stand with you and say that. Uh, but what makes us so great is that we're free now. 
this makes us great. What, what we're experiencing tonight is what makes us great, is that we can do this. Nobody says anything about it. We're allowed to. We're allowed to. It's, it's not a problem at all on any level. And there are many countries in this world that are experiencing exactly what Jesus was saying in, in, in verse 9. You will be hated for my namesake. Not, not hated because you're a Christian, but you'll be hated for his name. Not, not hated because you're religious, but hated for his name. Not hated because you want to be a good person and do kind things. You'll be hated for his name. His name will be the difference maker in years to come. Because if you say, well, I'm just religious, I don't, you know, you know, it could be Jesus, it could be this, it could be that, you know, just whatever. I just believe in a higher power. You're good. You can make it on through. But if you say, well, I believe it's only Jesus, Jesus only, that's when the hate will come. Watch verse 10. And then many, then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. So the end time, in the end time, many people will just be offended. A sign of the end time is offended people. Now, you may not know anybody who's offended, but you need to get out more. <laughs> Your circle of friends is really small, probably just you. And the reason that you're so isolated, probably because you're offended. So you do know somebody who's offended. You. The sign of the end time is that everybody, people just will be offended. And then they'll betray one another and they'll hate one another. This is a sign of the end time is that all of these things are happening. People, people will deliver you up. Many will be killed, hated for my name's sake. And then, then shall come a great offense. Many people will be offended. And they'll betray one another. And they'll hate one another. Offense leads to betrayal. Betrayal leads to hatred. And I don't know, uh, you know, as far as what level we are as a culture, as a nation, uh, but I would put us somewhere dead smack in the middle of betrayal and hatred. Because there's so much hate in this country right now, it's really sad. It's really sad. If you're paying attention at all, you know that this country right now is full of hatred. Hatred for people, hatred for politics, hatred for authority, hatred for government, hatred of country, hatred of each other. People hate people today. And... The problem is, is that it's not just out there in the ethos, but it's right here in the church as well. People are offended, uh, they are betraying, and they are hating one another. Hating people. And it's sad. It's really sad. There's a difference between, between being hurt and hating someone. We, we've all been hurt. If you ain't been hurt, then you ain't been alive long enough. Hold on. It's coming. Brace yourself. It's, it's going to happen. Okay? 
But being hurt and hating someone, that's, that's, that's a lot different. Hatred is vitriol. Hatred is action. And we have to be careful in the church that we don't fall into this. Be ye not troubled. Don't be troubled. And don't be deceived. When the spirit of offense comes upon you, the spirit of betrayal comes upon you, and that spirit of hatred tries to come upon you, you, you know, okay, I'm trying, the devil's trying to deceive me right now. He's trying, to, he's trying to get my eyes off the prize. Yeah, because here's what happens next. People get offended, people betray, people hate. Watch verse 11. And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. So we got people that are offended, people that are hurt, people that are betrayed, people that are hateful or hating each other, and then that gives open room for the next thing to happen, and that is the false prophets who shall arise and deceive many. These are not people who will come and say they're Christ. This is different. The people who will come and say they're Christ, that's back in verse 5. These aren't people who will say they're Christ. These are people who will say they're prophets. I'm not Christ, but let me tell you what he's saying. This is what God said. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Now, if you really want to know what a false prophet is, then, then you got to go to uh, the, the, I believe it's the second book of Peter. And when Peter starts talking about try the spirit, he starts talking about the spirit of the false prophet. And he says, every spirit, every spirit that says that Jesus Christ came in the flesh, that's the spirit of God. If they're preaching Jesus and they're saying Jesus came in the flesh, then, then they're not necessarily false. Now, now we live in a, in a time and we have a religious culture that, that, that tells us that, you know, anybody who ain't preaching it, just like we preaching it, they're false prophets. But anybody who's preaching the name of Jesus and that Jesus came and died for our sins and was raised up again and is alive forevermore, that spirit, Peter would tell us, that spirit is the spirit of God. He said, well, what do we do about those people? You know, they don't necessarily believe everything that we believe. And, 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 and maybe they don't have full truth. Or maybe they're at the level of their knowledge, but they're still preaching Jesus. I refer to back when the disciples came to Jesus and they said, hey, Jesus, we, just, we found some guys over here. They, they, you know, they're just regular people. But they're preaching and they're teaching and they're not really with us. We don't, we, we've never seen them before. And Jesus says to them, were, were they preaching my name? Were they preaching me? And they said, oh, yeah, they were preaching you. He said, well, leave them alone. He said, because the, the devil, the devil can't speak ill of me. He said, well, no, they're not the devil's people because the devil can't, can't proclaim my name. He said, so just leave them alone. Don't, don't, don't bother them. Let's, let's me and you focus on what we know and let's let them do their thing. So here's what I would say to the church in the season that we're in right now when there's so many religious people across the world. Let them do their thing. Let's focus on what we know. Let me tell you what a false prophet does. A false prophet pollutes God's word to bring attention away from Jesus. That's a false prophet. And in, in, our, in our world today, in our world today, we, we have experienced false prophets. And we know it's false prophets when they quit preaching Jesus. Like someone who will preach an entire message just about money, not about Jesus. Anybody want to talk back to me on a Wednesday night? 
or, or someone who wanted to talk and, you know, preach, have a whole ministry built off relationship stuff, but, but not Jesus. De denying the name. It's like, well, I didn't really deny it. Well, you don't talk about it. Like, how are you going to call yourself a Christian, have a Christian album, don't say Jesus one time? It just, it, I mean, are you afraid to say the name? And literally, I have heard Christian artists say out loud in interviews, well, we don't say Jesus a lot in our music because we want to appeal to a bigger audience. Well, you're a false prophet. Because Peter told us how to decipher. Those that say Jesus, that, that's the spirit. Those that deny him, that's, a, that's the spirit of the false prophet. Here's what Peter says. Peter, Peter says it's the spirit of the antichrist. Because anything that says Jesus isn't it, that's anti-Jesus, is anti-Christ. Yeah. That, that's why the Bible will tell us that the spirit of antichrist is already in the world. Not that the antichrist is already in the world, but the spirit of the antichrist is already in the world. It's a denial that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Watch. He said, I, no man, no man cometh unto the Father but by me, you got to come through me. You can't come through Buddha. God bless him. You, you can't come through Muhammad. God bless him. You can't come through Hare Krishna. God bless him. You know, I'm not saying that these men were not great men. They're great. You know, if you, if you do research on them and stuff, they did great things for a lot of people. But they're not the way. They're not the truth. They're not the life. He said, no man cometh but through me. I am the way. I'm the door. He said, he said, I'm the door. That you come through. All these other things are great. But I'm, there's only one door that you can go through that leads you to the Father. And Jesus said, I'm it. So when the church starts saying, well, Jesus is the only way, that's when we get in trouble. It's not that we love Jesus. Oh, you love him? That, that's great. You think Jesus is awesome? Yeah, that, that's great. I think Jesus is the only way to go to heaven. Oh, no, 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 no. And when, and when we see popular people... On television, you know, and I don't really want to call no names, but there's a famous lady who has a great show, and God bless her. She, she's awesome. But, you know, she had a whole show about, you know, that Jesus, that she believes that Jesus is not, you know, that, that, that you can do, uh, Jesus is not it. That there's other ways. That's a spirit of the Antichrist. Be careful. You know, not... It's the spirit of the Antichrist. So this is a sign of the end times. Are you, are you with me? See, we're looking, at, we're looking at Russia and Ukraine like this is it. But, man, there's so many signs. So many signs around us. We have offended people with hatred, vitriol. We got people saying they're Christ. We got people uh, being false prophets. Many will be deceived. And watch verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Now, 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 listen, church, this is for us. This is for us, church. There's so much sin in this world that we see because we're privy to what sin is. Right? There's a lot of people in this world, they really don't know what sin really is. They, they've been sinners their whole life. This is normal for them to be decadent, to be, to be you know, vitriol. It's, this is life for them. And because there's so much of it, and because now we live in a time where we get to see everybody's everything. You know, I mean, like, we, we see it on the news. We read it in the papers. I mean, it's everywhere. And because there's so much of it in the world, the love of many would just wax cold. 
I know good saved people that can't stand a sinner. They got quiet right there. I do. I know some people that's been in church so long that, that they can't stand people. People come into church looking like the world, acting like the world. Church folk start waxing cold toward that spirit. See, Matthew 24 and 12 is for us. Because the iniquity shall abound, because there's so much sin in the world that the love of many shall wax cold. We got to be careful, church, that we don't enter into the position of end time. Listen, I know this world is full of sin. Sin is so, so, it's everywhere. There's probably more sin in this building right now. Don't make me call it out. Probably more sin in the building right now than at Walmart down there. Okay, so sin is sin. What we have to know is this, is that God told us how to look at sin. Here's how he said look at sin. He said, where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. This is how we know that God wants to do something here in this city because this city's full of sin. That's how we know. We know that there's grace to be given out in this city because this, this city's full of sin. And you want to call Las Vegas the city of sin. I mean, like, I know Las Vegas ain't the city of sin. It's just as sinful as any other. It's just the problem there is you can do it on the street. It's legal. But they're doing it right here in Loganville. You just can't see it because it ain't legal to do it on the streets. Sin is sin. And what we have to understand is a part of the end time prophecy is that the church, people who have the love of God, we just start getting bitter and more bitter and more bitter against the world. Like, oh, I can't stand them. Stay out of here. Stay out of my church. Stay out of my. We get mad at people. Oh, look at her. Oh, look at him. Oh, God. Look. Awful. They're going to bust hell wide open. That's a part of the end time prophecy. And there should be conviction in our hearts. They say, Lord, I don't want to be a part of the end time prophecy. I want to be the person that loves. Yeah. I don't want to be so saved that I forget what it was like to not be saved. Come on, somebody. And because iniquity shall abound, because it's just everywhere. Sin is just all around us. That love waxes cold. Watch verse 13. Here's how he helps us. He said, but he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Got to endure. Got to endure. Here's the deal. You can't change a lot of this stuff. You, you, can't, you can't make it different. You can't just wish it away. You can't stick your head in the sand and hope it's not happening. All you got to do is endure. I see it. I feel it. I understand it. But I'm not giving up. Let me tell you the worst thing you can do is quit church right now. Listen, there's some folks walking away from God and they are foolish. Do you know what time it is? Why are you, he that endureth to the end. He didn't say he that is perfect to the end. Oh, I, I wish I could preach for a few minutes on oh, 24, 13. He didn't say he that keeps the most gifts to the end. He's that is the most awesome at the end. He, he that gets to the end that doesn't have all the sweat on him. He said, no, the race is not given to the swift or to the strong, but he that endureth, that's who the race is given to. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Somebody got to hold on in this season. Yeah, because it's not really about your ability, it's about your endurance. It's not about your perfection, it's about your endurance. 
He didn't say, well done, thy good and perfect servant. He didn't say, well done, thy good and, and gifted servant, skilled servant. He said, well done, thy good and faithful. You just, you just faithful. You just kept coming. You didn't give up. You didn't give in. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's endurance. Yeah. I'm going to read a couple more scriptures. I'm going to be done. Verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Yeah. They said, well, maybe we should stop preaching everywhere. Because then we can, no, no, no. The gospel's got to go. It's got to go into every nation. We got to preach it everywhere. Verse 15 says, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. This is when the Antichrist shall stand in the temple in Jerusalem. Who readeth, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let him which be in Judea flee into the mountains. He said, when you see the Antichrist stand on the temple mound in the holy place, and declare from that place who he is and what he's coming to do. And you know what he will say in the desolation? The, 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 you know, this moment, Daniel talks about the abomination of desolation. You know what he will say when he stands in the temple mound? You know what his message will be? His message will be peace. That will be his message. When he stands, see, this is why many people will be this is why many people will be deceived is because we, we, we already have seen it in this country how many of our rights we are willing to give up for peace. When he stands in that temple mount and he declares peace, peace, I'm here for peace. People will give up everything that they have just to have peace because it will be so bad at that time. That we're, the whole world will be listening for one voice who would just say, I can bring peace to this. I can stop all this. I, I have the power. I can bring peace. And the world will be such in, such in turmoil, hatred, vitriol, deception, betrayal, that the world will be so ready for peace, they'll give up everything to have peace. This is when the world government will take over. This is when there will be one currency. What, what we're seeing right now, I don't believe that we're living in the end time as, as far as like a, like a God's coming back any moment now. I, I, I don't believe that. And the reason I don't believe it is because I've read enough Bible to understand that there's so many things that have to happen. Here, here's what I will tell you is that we are literally watching the steps unfold. It's like, it's like you, you're kind of like walking through, through the darkness and it's like a fog, fog and then in front of you start seeing the steps coming. And, and, and you know that up there somewhere, out of sight, that that's the end. But I believe that we've walked so long in a, in a fog, a fog of religion and understanding and revelation and illumination. And I believe that right now we are seeing the illumination, the sun come through. And what we're seeing now are the steps. We are literally taking the steps to get here. Over the last two or three years in this country alone, we have taken small steps in that direction. But we're willing to give up things so that we can have safety. We're willing to walk away from stuff. We're willing to give up little freedoms here and there for safety. 
our banks, our currency. It's all developing, you know, in a certain way. These are the steps. These are the steps. So the best thing to do is get your house in order. Because if you turn on Fox News tomorrow and there's a man standing in the tip of mound saying, hey, guys, I can fix all this. And I don't care what he looks like. I don't care what it looks like. So we can say, well, you know, the Bible says he's going to have this, going to have a scar on his head. He's going to be, he, you know, he's going to have to be a Jew because the Bible says he's going to be a Jew. You know, but listen, all that stuff, all that stuff is up for interpretation. Yeah. And the Bible did not say he's going to be a Jew. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he's going to be from the seed of Abraham. There's a difference. Abraham had two sons. Ain't nobody want to talk back to me on Wednesday night. So, so when, when you read these things, you got to understand that, that there is a process of what happens. However, I don't believe we've ever lived in a time when that process is becoming more clearer than right now. It is literally like we can see it happening. Like I believe for so many years there's been a process of revelation and illumination that we, we, we've been able to understand what will happen. But like we've thought, man, how are we going to get there? Like, how are we going to get from here to a place where people would literally go and have microchips implanted in them to be able to even sell food or buy food for their families or, or be able to travel? You know, and we thought, man, how are we going to get there? And, and now, 2022, we're like, oh, <laughs> it's happening. Like, it's clear. The path to that is clear. Like, I, I still think there's a ways to go because uh, most of the people living on this planet right now I mean, hopefully most people in this room, if somebody came to you tomorrow and said, hey, I want to put this in your forehead, you'd be like, uh, hold up. You have to catch me first. Okay? You know what I'm saying? Because we've been conditioned a certain way to understand it. But there's a generation coming that hadn't been conditioned. There's a generation behind us that's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's for our good. Peace, peace. Safety. When they cry, the Bible tells us when they cry peace, when they cry safety, be careful. But the Bible tells us to be careful with that. Be careful. I want to read for you a, a, a scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I'm, and I'm going to be finished tonight. 2 Thessalonians 2 verses 1 through 4. Because I read this today and I was like, you know, we don't preach this because it's hard to read and it don't preach good. It's, it's hard to preach stuff that don't preach good. Because here's, here's what the common theme is, and, and I am guilty of this common theme of preaching, that in the end time there's going to be great revival, right? That there's an end time revival coming. problem with that is, is that um, it preaches good. It's just not in the Bible. I know some of y'all are going to be like, what? Yeah. It's not in there because um, I tried to find it. It's not in there. There is no great revival at the end time. It's not. There will be a great revival after the rapture. After the rapture, there will be a great revival. When 144,000 evangelists 
12,000 from the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 from the tribe of Judah, 12,000 from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000. So 144,000 Jewish evangelists who are all virgins, by the way. I know there's like a whole religion out there talking about we're going to be a part of the 144,000. Not if you're married. And they'll all be men. The Bible says they'll all be males. They'll all be virgins. They will evangelize this world. And they will, there will be a great revival from those 144,000 evangelists who will evangelize this world. Many will be saved. Then the Bible says that God will allow them to be killed. They'll all 144,000 be killed and they'll go and they'll reign with the Lord after their deaths. Then there'll be two witnesses. Most people think these will be Moses and Elijah. Because one of these, one of the witnesses will be able to turn water into blood and bring plagues. Moses did that. One of them will be able to call fire from heaven. Elijah did that. And then on the mount, on the holy mount with uh, Peter, James, and John, in the manifestation of time, we saw Jesus and Moses and Elijah. Okay? So, again, when we get into this kind of prophecy stuff, it's all up for interpretation. The Bible doesn't say that this is who they are. This is what the most common thought process is. These two will do many miracles, signs, and wonders, and they will try to kill them for months and months and months, and they can't. They'll shoot them. The bullets will bounce right off. They'll try to burn them. They won't burn. They'll try to throw pianos on their head. It'll just break. There'll be no way to kill them, but they will try. And every time they try to kill them, it'll be a, a, a spectacle. And then the Bible says at a certain time, God will take away from them the ability to not die. They will be killed. And the Bible says that the powers that be will take these two witnesses, lay them in the street. And the Bible says the entire world will watch them. How, how can the entire world watch them? Live stream. It'll be live stream. Across the entire world, they will lay these two men in the, in, in the streets. They will not bury them because they don't want to happen to them what happened to Jesus. There'll be no tomb. And they will lay there for three and a half days. And then the, the middle of the third day, in front of the entire, the Bible, the Bible says the entire world will watch this happen. That in the middle of the third day, they will rise up from the dead. And they will be transcended into heaven. And there will be great revival. Some of y'all are like, what? That's some Avengers stuff, Pastor David. No, this is in your Bible. Read it, read it starting at about Revelation, like chapter 8. Read through like Revelation 13. You'll see it all in there. So that's the great revival. Let me read for you 2 Thessalonians 2. Here we go. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye may not soon, that ye be not soon shaken in mind. Or, here it is, be troubled. Don't be shaken in your mind and don't be troubled. Neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. This is all the way back in 2 Thessalonians. People are thinking God is coming and there's trouble, and they're saying, listen, don't be troubled. Calm down. Take a deep breath. Don't be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't, don't let it be troubled by a spirit. Don't let it be troubled by, the, by, by a word. Don't, don't, let it even be, don't let your heart be troubled even by a letter from us that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a great Falling away first. Yeah. 
until that, that, that man come, the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, the antichrist is who we're talking about here, be revealed. Yeah. There will be a great falling away first, and the man of sin shall be revealed. In the end time, before the antichrist will come, there will be a great falling away, not a great revival. There'll be a great falling away. Say, so, well, Pastor Chavis, why would you tell us that? It kind of makes us like feel like, wow, we were looking for a great revival. I believe that there is a great revival coming because I don't believe that we're here yet. I believe there's a great revival coming. And a part of that great revival will not be a great falling away. It will be, great, it'll be a great holding on. Here's, here's what you need to know, that the enemy wants you to fall away. So when you feel that spirit coming for you to say, well, I'm, I'm not going back. I'm, I'm, I'm quitting. I, I, I just don't know if this is for me. I don't like those people over there. When you start feeling that push, you say, wait a minute. Nope, that's the spirit of the Antichrist. I'm not falling away. I'm not going to be numbered in the number that fall away in the last day. I'm not going nowhere. Devil, you're not getting me out of this church. I don't care what you do. You're not getting me out of here because I'm not going to be numbered in the number that fall away. No. Hey, I say we can preach about the great revival, but I, I say let's preach about the great holding on. There's going to be a great holding on. Hold on to God. Hold on to the church. Hold on. Hold on tightly. Hold on. There's a great holding on coming because the enemy wants there to be a great falling away before that great man of sin be revealed, that son of perdition. Don't be troubled. Stand with me across the room. Don't be troubled. What, what, I, I love how 2 Thessalonians puts it when he says, don't be shaken in your mind. Don't let your mind get twisted about this stuff. What you need to let it do is solidify your mind. You know what? I'm in this for the long haul. No matter what may come, I'm, I'm in this to win this. I'm not, I'm not worried about being fast. And I'm not worried about being strong. I'm worried about holding on. Too many of us get in so much trouble because we're trying to be so perfect. And we're thinking, you know, because I'm not perfect, I'm not doing good. But God said, listen, at the end time, I'm not looking for perfect. I'm looking for those that are hold on. Just, just stay with me. Just stick it out. Just keep your faith strong. And keep coming. Just keep walking through the door. Keep let, say, God, I, I, you know what, I'm struggling. I got some stuff going on in my life. You know, I got pain. I got, I got strife. I got all this kind of stuff going on. But you know what, I'm not staying home. I will not be counted in the number that falls away. Mm-mm, I'm sticking it out. And the devil wants you to get offended. He wants you to get mad. He wants you to be hurt. Because he wants you to fall away. This, we, we're not going to be counted in a number that falls away. We're going to hold on. We're going to be in the house that way when that son of perdition does come. And he says, peace. Well, everybody else goes, oh, wow, let's follow him. There'll be a, a remnant that'll say, no, sir. I done heard about that mess. He don't want peace. He wants control. He don't want peace. He wants control. Be careful. Yeah. This been okay tonight? It's been all right? I know it's been a little bit different. So next week, um, next week I'll, I'll come again with, with this same concept. But next week, 
This week I talked about how Jesus spoke to his disciples, said, show us the end time. You know, show us when the kingdom shall come. Show us when the end of the earth shall be. And Jesus gives them examples. And, and, I, and I'll read some more from, from Matthew 24 as he ends out his conversation about the end time. But there's another chapter in the book of Luke that I'm going to talk about next week. And you can read it for yourself throughout this week. It's Luke 17. And in Luke 17, the Pharisees come. So first the disciples come say, show us the end of the world. But the Pharisees come in Luke 17 and they say, show us when the kingdom shall come. Show us when the kingdom will be at hand. And Jesus gives them, some of it's very close to this, but he says other things to them because he's talking to different people. He's talking to the religious world. He's giving them, hey, this is what's about to happen. This is going to happen. You're going to see these things happen. And so I, I like the different perspectives that he's talking once to the disciples, once to uh, the Pharisees. And then we'll get into some of the revelation stuff. We'll get some of the prophecy stuff. I hope I picked your interest tonight, though, to go look some stuff up. Read Ezekiel 36, 37, 38. Read Revelations 10 through about chapter 15, and, and, and you'll pick up a lot of this stuff. And some of it will be confusing. I promise you 100%. And when you get past like Daniel chapter 4, your mind's going to be blown. But I promise you, blessed is the man that reads this book. Blessed is the man that reads it. Go home and read Revelation. Just read it. You say, well, Pastor, I don't understand it. Don't worry about understanding it. Blessed, it didn't say blessed is a man that understands this book. It said blessed is the man that readeth it. Just, just put it in you. Because you know what? There may be a, come a time 10, 20, 30 years from now that something will happen and you'll say, wait a minute. I remember reading this in the book of Revelation. And that one verse may save your life. That one verse may get you in the gate. When you say, wait, oh, wait, I, I don't think I'm going to do that because the Bible said, that's what that word hid in my heart that I might not sin. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.